Welcome to Straight Up Sports, the podcast. I'm Andrew Schaefer. In today's episode, we're going to recap the Super Bowl and we're going to talk some more NBA trades. It was a big week within the NBA and the landscape is about to change. Uh, I want to give, first of all, I want to give three shout outs. First one is to Scott Perry for possibly making the biggest trade in Knicks history. It's either going to be the greatest trade or the worst trade ever, and we're going to find out in July. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony for ruining Chris Stapps Porzingis' Knicks career. I'll explain when I get to that point. And shout out to Del Demps for wanting four first-round picks for Anthony Davis, which is how many years LeBron James is with the LA Lakers. So shout out to Del Demps. So let's recap the Super Bowl. New England won 13-3. Julian Edelman won MVP. Tom Brady is still the GOAT with his sixth Super Bowl, now the most all-time amongst players. Listen, that was the worst Super Bowl I have ever watched, okay? First of all, it was so boring. I had no interest in either team, and it, honestly, it felt like a Patriots home game. The Rams have no fans. It's a bunch of bandwagoners. Uh, I'm still convinced the NFL put the Rams in the Super Bowl because they were a new market, and Stan Kroenke, their owner, is really close to Roger Goodell. But the Patriots basically said, we're the best team, and we're the best dynasty to ever exist. Um, you know, Bill Belichick did a great job game planning for the Rams. Todd Gurley only hit 35 yards. Todd Gurley is not healthy. Todd Gurley did not look good the last few weeks. You know, it's been pretty disappointing to watch because he was an MVP candidate early on in the season, but that knee injury really nagged him, and we'll see what happens. He actually skipped his exit interview today um, with media. Uh, I believe it's like Rams media. Like when you're when you end the season, you have like end of the season media day, and he actually skipped the meeting. Not that there was anything to talk about because he lost the Super Bowl, but that's another interesting note to take going forward. Um, in terms of Jared Goff, he looked awful. He looked like he wasn't ready for the moment. Um, he looked nervous. He looked he looked like he needed a Huggies diaper. Uh, I mean, it was so bad. I mean, it, it just wasn't good. And New England, again, forced Jared Goff to throw the ball. You know, because L.A., their offense was really based on the play-action pass. You know, you... You fake the handoff to Todd Gurley or to C.J. Anderson, then you're looking for guys like Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. But New England did an outstanding job. And by the way, just as a side note, Brandon Cooks has now lost back-to-back Super Bowls. So I feel bad for Brandon Cooks. He's actually a really good player. Dropped uh, a potential touchdown in that game, uh, which was big at the time. Um, as for the other things in the Super Bowl, the commercials were awful. The only good commercial was that NFL 100 commercial. I thought that was outstanding. Everything else was brutal. Halftime was brutal. You know, I mean, the only thing that would have made it better was if they played Sweet Victory. That's the only thing that would have made it better. You know, if Adam Levine, Big Boy, and Travis Scott played Sweet Victory in the SpongeBob, that would have been great. Um, But congratulations to New England. Congratulations to Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, the whole Patriots organization. First class. They know how to get it done. I know they've been called cheating a bunch, and that's great and wonderful, but they're the greatest dynasty that ever lived. I don't care what anybody says. And Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time in football. He gets a seat at the GOAT table, that's for sure. Um, But enough about the Super Bowl. Um, Let's talk about the NBA, because obviously a lot of stuff happened this weekend. Um, Knicks fans know a big trade happened this weekend. Chris Stapps Porzingis uh, was traded to Dallas along with Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. For Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first-round picks in 2021, which is unprotected, 
which means at any point in the draft, the Knicks will get that pick. And the 2023 first-round pick, which is top 10 protected, which means if it falls in the top 10, the Dallas Mavericks would receive that pick back. So let's break this all down. Um, first of all, Kristaps Porzingis' representatives, which is his brother, Giannis, um, went to Steve Mills and Scott Perry and said, my client doesn't want to play here anymore because he's concerned about the direction of the franchise. So immediately the Knicks have been, for a few months, they've kind of been under the radar talking to teams about Porzingis, you know, possibly him moving out. He wasn't practicing with the team. He wasn't, he wasn't participating in road trips, team events. He wasn't really doing much of anything. Um, so I give Scott Perry a lot of credit. Um, he went in there and he said, you know what? You have any thoughts of not being here? You don't deserve to be here. Um, Mark Stein wrote a great article. I highly recommend it. It's on uh, his Twitter account. Um, he's an NBA insider, obviously works for the New York Times, worked for ESPN for a long time. Uh, he wrote a great article about the Porzingis trade and how it all broke down and what exactly happened. So I'm basically going to give some background on this article. You know, if you want to read it, like I said, it's on Mark Stein's Twitter account. But basically, the Knicks spent much of January um, trying to trade for Porzingis. They actually approached two teams, Utah and Sacramento, about their young stars, Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks should have drafted instead of Frank Milikina, and De'Aaron Fox, who the Knicks did not get a chance to draft. But anyone with knowledge of the deal was not allowed to express it publicly, but they obviously both teams denied um, of trading those two players. Now, Dallas had interest in Porzingis for a long time because they wanted to put him and Luka together to kind of be the next Steve Nash and Dirk. Remember, Steve Nash left Dallas to go to Phoenix after they both won MVPs. Um, the Knicks obviously had interest in Dennis Smith Jr. for a little bit now. Remember, they passed on him for Frank Milikina. Um, and the Knicks even actually discussed weeks but prior Tim Hardaway Jr. for Wes Matthews because Dallas was really interested in Hardaway because they needed some bench scoring. They had lost J.J. Barea for the season. Jalen Brunson was a rookie point guard, and they really just needed some veteran guys to help. Um, so that, I believe it was Wednesday night, the N Dallas played the Knicks at Madison Square Garden and the Knicks general manager, Scott Perry, and Mavs president, Donnie Nelson, sat down, and they ended up uh, making a deal in person. Um, so as I mentioned, Porzingis' agent is his brother, um, Giannis, or Janis. I don't know how to say his name. It doesn't really matter anymore. Um, his brother came in to management and said, my client doesn't want to play here anymore. So Porzingis' brother provided uh, Steve Mills and Scott Perry with a list of teams that he would want to be dealt to. Now, Porzingis does not have a no-trade. So the Knicks could trade him wherever they wanted and whatever the best package was. Because guess what? When you don't want to be here anymore, who cares where we're trading you to? It's about the organization, not about you. Um, so two of the teams on the list were the Nets and the Clippers. Um, Dallas was not on his list of uh, however many teams I mentioned. I think it was four or five. So he, he was not – Dallas was not on the list. So the Knicks had to make a move relatively quickly because they didn't want to scare Dallas in case the list got leaked to the media. Um, so they obviously they ended up moving Porzingis to Dallas. Now, for Dallas, I like the fact that they got Porzingis. Him and Doncic together could really be special. And Dallas is kind of turning into San Antonio where they get all these international players and they do great things together. I happen to believe that Porzingis is going to have a lot of injury problems. I've said Even in New York, I thought it was going to be a problem. Uh, it's just very difficult for a seven foot three guy to stay ahead healthy. Um, if you look back in history, Yao Ming, Sean Bradley, I mean, all these guys had all injury problems at some point in their career. Obviously, they'd be a great pick and pop duo, but neither one of them can defend at a high level. 
So they're going to need to put some defensive players around them. We'll see how it shakes out in free agency. Porzingis has a chance to sign his qualifying offer for $4.5 million, or he could take the rookie extension, which every player in the NBA that has gone through this has signed to this point. And I think Porzingis would do the same. I believe it's a five-year, $158 million contract extension for Porzingis if he does sign that contract. And I believe he will sign that contract with Dallas. Uh, it's a perfect fit for him. He gets to play with Luka Doncic. Dirk is a mentor. is big for him. That was his idol. Um, so I really think Porzingis going to Dallas is good for him. Um, for the Knicks, this is the best trade I think they're ever going to make. You know, they created two max cap space spots for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving if the, both of them decide to come. Uh, they, they got a young asset in Dennis Smith Jr., who I think could be a really good point guard when given a lot of talent around him. Uh, Wes Matthews, I don't think, will be here past the trade deadline, which is Thursday afternoon. I happen to believe they're either going to trade him to a contender or he will be bought out and a contender will sign him because there are seven or six or seven teams interested in him and they're all championship teams. Teams like Golden State, Philadelphia, Houston. Um, so teams that are really in the mix. And DeAndre Jordan, uh, you know, people think they should buy him out because he's a veteran guy. I would keep him. You know, I think he's a guy who you could build your defense around and be a rim protector, kind of like what Tyson Chandler was in 2012. You're kind of a guy who doesn't really score a lot, but he's good finishing on the lob pass, and he's great around the rim, and he could be a really good mentor for some younger players, especially Mitchell Robinson. It's a really big help for them. And, you know, Mitchell has, has obviously made a lot of progress. He's had some injury issues, but DeAndre, I think, has done an outstanding job so far. I know it's only been one game, but he looked really good. I believe he had 12 points and 12 rebounds in that game. Um, so DeAndre Jordan, I think, is going to be a nice little piece for us. I do think he'll re-sign with the Knicks. If he's willing to take a cheaper contract, he is also friends with Kevin Durant. So I think that also plays a part. Um, just going back to the, the max cap space spots. Obviously, Knicks fans are hoping it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, maybe Kemba Walker. Um, you know, We'll see how it shakes out. Ultimately, here's the bottom line with Kevin Durant. His father lives in New York. His agent is a big diehard Knicks fan. His best friend, Royal Ivy, is on the Knicks coaching staff. He's friends with DeAndre Jordan. So there's a lot of connecting pieces to Kevin Durant. Um, as for Kyrie Irving, he's from North Jersey. I don't know how much that's going to play a part. Um, but his father was born in the Bronx, and they do a lot for Rucker Park and Harlem and you know inner city basketball. So I think that could be play a major part for Kyrie Irving. But his father also played basketball at Boston University. So that's also a little bit of a connection for Kyrie. And a shout-out to uh, Brandon Robinson. That's where I got all that information from. So shout-out to him. But, but um, ultimately, again, I really believe the Knicks have a realistic shot of getting both players. The, the one concern I have with getting both players is, is Kyrie Irving willing to give up the fact that he's not going to be the main option on the Knicks? You know, because otherwise, if he's not willing to do that, then I think Kemba Walkers are obviously a possibility, and most likely that would happen. They would sign Durant and Kemba Walker. But if you get Kevin Durant and you get Kyrie Irving with the way everything's going on in the NBA, with Toronto and Kawhi Leonard possibly leaving, with Victor Oladipo rupturing his quad tendon, with Kyrie Irving leaving Boston, like all these teams all of a sudden at the top start falling apart. Except Philadelphia. They'll be right there. I think Milwaukee will be right there. But Chris Middleton's an unrestricted free agent. So that's another piece that could fall apart. You know, and all of a sudden, the Knicks are the second top two team in the Eastern Conference. And they can make the NBA Finals. Which is something the Knicks haven't done since 1999. And they haven't made the playoffs since 2012. So, obviously, 
Knicks fans want to bring electricity back to the garden. And everybody knows when the Knicks are a good team, the city has more energy and it's just electric going into Madison Square Garden. And ultimately, and most people who are connected into the business, guys like Mark Stein and Stephen A. Smith and Woj and Bobby Marks and all these insiders and all these trade guys, they all seem to believe that Kevin Durant is going to be a Nick and that Kyrie Irving will follow. Again, both of them are subject to change their minds. Kyrie, I think, it's going to depend how far Boston goes in the playoffs. He's had a lot of rifts with some of the younger players. Kevin Durant, I think if he wins a championship, I think he's gone. If he loses, I think he still leaves. He has too many arguments going on with Draymond Green. I'm going to be very curious to see what Golden State does this offseason because, again, Klay Thompson's a free agent. Draymond Green's do a contract the following year, and Cousins is a free agent. So you know Curry's there long term. I think Klay Thompson gets re-signed. I think Durant ends up going to the Knicks. And then they're going to have to decide, do they want to pay DeMarcus Cousins or do they want to pay Draymond Green? I'm of the proponent of paying DeMarcus Cousins because I think Draymond Green causes way too many problems. Not that Cousins doesn't because Cousins also has an attitude problem. But ultimately, I think the biggest problem is uh, Draymond Green and all the technical fouls he receives. So that's enough about the Knicks. Um, I want to talk about Anthony Davis. The latest offer is this for Anthony Davis. It's Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope's contract, which is which actually is hard to believe he has a no trade clause. Josh Hart, uh, Zubak, and two first round picks. That's a whole lot for Anthony Davis. Now, New Orleans has come out and said that they are willing to wait for Jason Tatum to be available. Um, obviously, Kyrie Irving has not committed to Boston long term. But Danny Ainge is in the belief that if they can trade for Anthony Davis, they can get Kyrie and Anthony Davis to commit to Boston. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. I think he'll end up, again, I still think he'll end up with the Lakers and Kyrie will end up in New York. Um, The rumor right now is that New Orleans wants four first-round picks in, in addition to those players, and they want the Lakers to take Solomon Hill's bad contract. Um... The Lakers, obviously, are at stalemate right now with New Orleans. Now, why four firsts? I'm convinced that the four firsts is because that's how many years LeBron James is with the Lakers. He did sign a four-year contract in the offseason, and four firsts would basically knock out LeBron James. Now, again, LeBron – now, if you get rid of – I'm sorry. If you get rid of those players, basically, you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and, like, Michael Beasley. That's like your starting lineup. So it's, it's like nothing exciting. And then, of course, LeBron James is going to go out and sign Carmelo Anthony. He's going to go out and get J.R. Smith from Cleveland. He's going to bring in, you know, his little circle of people to try to win a championship. And guess what? It's not going to happen this year. So, you know, they're trying to set themselves up for next year. A little side note. Um, Lonzo Ball in New Orleans... I think Lonzo Ball would do well in New Orleans, but the Pelicans, I don't know, are going to want to deal with the Ball family. And LeVar Ball today went on Arizona radio uh, to basically say that he would prefer Lonzo to go to the Suns, basically. I mean, they've been saying that now for a few days, um, that he would prefer Lonzo not go to New Orleans. And he'd like to stay out west, and obviously the Suns are an ideal fit because they don't have a point guard right now. Um, and Lonzo Ball would take a lot of pressure off of Devin Booker's ability to play make. And LeVar Ball said that Lonzo would like to go to the Suns and that Luke Walton ruined the Lakers. 
Now, Luke Walton's been under fire the past few days. He got in a fight in the locker room with some of the veteran guys, Michael Beasley, JaVale McGee. Um, we all know the clown show that the Lakers put together in the offseason. Um, I didn't understand why they put those guys together. I don't know if they did it just for, like, tickets. Like, I don't know their reasoning behind it. But I don't understand signing Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Rondo. I mean, you might as well have signed J.R. Smith. I, I mean, at that point, you might as well have just traded for J.R. You, know, you might as well just call it the clown show at this point because they're all a bunch of clowns. Um, but again, ultimately, uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, these guys are going to dictate the landscape of the NBA. I, I mean, if you're asking me what I think is going to happen today, it could change in three months. But as of right now, I think Anthony Davis ends up with the Lakers. I don't think it's going to be by the deadline. I think it will be in the summer, most likely. I think Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both end up in New York together. Um, I believe Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler both end up with the Clippers. And I believe that Klay Thompson will re-sign in Golden State. I think Kemba Walker re-signs in Charlotte. Obviously, that's subject to change. And it could change in May when the Knicks find out what draft pick they have. Because if the Knicks get the number one pick, obviously Zion Williamson is the pick. Do you think about taking that number one pick and putting together a package of Zion Williamson, Kevin Knox, you know, Alonzo Trier, Nilakina, Dotson? You just start putting these young players together and say, hey, let's go get Anthony Davis. He'll re-sign here. Because once you get Anthony Davis, that makes you a way more attractive market. Especially since our Anthony Davis put out his list of teams the other night and said that New York was on the list. It was the Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks. And congratulations for the Bucks. I mean, you know, because Milwaukee's a team that really was not good for a while. You know, Michael Red was a good player, but they never really had, you know, they were never on trade lists. And it's all because of what Giannis has been able to do there and Mike Budenholzer and, and the franchise there. Just after they fired Jason Kidd, that was the best decision that organization's ever made. And they've just gotten so many good players on such good contracts, and they've really done a nice job there. So I do not believe Anthony Davis will end up in Milwaukee. I don't believe he'll end up with the Clippers. I think it will either be the Lakers or the Knicks. If the Knicks win the number one pick, it's very plausible that they could get Anthony Davis, but they're going to have to put a lot of their young pieces together, and they're going to have to swing. You know, if you get Anthony Davis, get Kevin Durant, get Kyrie Irving, yes, that will work under the salary cap with those three guys. Because remember, Anthony Davis has another year on his deal. You swing, you win a title in 2019. There's no, uh, in 2020, I'm sorry, 1920 season, you win a championship. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they would be by far the best team in the Eastern Conference. I think in the West, the only team that would challenge them is Golden State. I think the Lakers would still be having problems trying to attract free agents because LeBron James is trying to be a puppeteer and he's looking, he's got broken string right now. You know, he's trying everything. LeBron's behind every offer. So is Rich Paul. So was Magic Johnson. They're trying to get New Orleans to go to their schedule. And New Orleans is saying, listen, LeBron, this is not your league. You know, this is our team. This is our decision. And we're going to wait as long as we can wait. And we want to hear an offer from every team that wants to put in an offer. And we're going to make the best offer that's best for our franchise. Because this is big for Dell Demps. It's, it's huge. When you trade a franchise player of that talent... Uh, it's very, very difficult to get back and return what you know what you want because you're obviously giving up the best player. That's Anthony Davis. Um, it was the same thing when the Knicks got Carmelo Anthony, like when Denver was in that situation. Denver gave up Carmelo, but they knew they were never going to get back some of the great, you know, some of the pieces 
in terms of talent that they were going to get. They did get back Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, and some other pieces, but you know those, those pieces were not a Hall of Fame talent like Carmelo Anthony was. Um, you can make an argument that the trade was won by Denver because Carmelo was selfish. That's a fair point. But just in terms of pure talent, Carmelo Anthony was the best player in that trade, and Anthony Davis will be in his trade. Um, so they have to get this right. And I, I actually like the trade New Orleans gave them. Uh, I mean, the Lakers gave them, which is two first-round picks and all those young players. I would wave Caldwell Pope, let him go back to let him go to Houston, which has been the rumor for a while. Um, trade Lonzo Ball to Phoenix for Josh Jackson and you know a Milwaukee pick and a top five protected first this year. Um, if that's what New Orleans wants, I would do it in three seconds. First of all, if you're the Suns, you get top five protected. You're not going to be outside the top five anyway because your team isn't talented enough. Um, and it, it would be a smart move for Phoenix because then you get a point guard finally next to Booker, and then you can focus on getting a, a four in the offseason. Um, Brandon Ingram, I mean, look, he's a good player. He's a scorer, but he'll never be what a number two pick worth. Um, Kyle Kuzma, again, he's three years older than Jason Tatum. That's why the Pelicans are willing to wait because Jason Tatum is 20, Kyle Kuzma is 23. So I really think that uh, while I think Jason Tatum is a franchise player and they should wait, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Kuzma and this trade was agreed upon and then Kyle Kuzma ends up a Pelican. Um, Caldwell Pope, as I mentioned, he'll get bought out, waived, whatever. He'll end up in Houston or, or the Lakers again. Josh Hart's a nice little role player. I think he's a good bench too. I really like Zubak, and that's crazy to say, but I honestly think he's the second best piece in this trade because Lonzo's going to get traded to a different team. Obviously, Kuzma's won, but I really like Zubak. Anyone that's watched the Lakers this year, this guy, I mean, every game I've watched him, he's averaged at least 20 and 10 every game. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that at a high level every night, but, you know, he could probably get you a 15 and 11 every night. He's kind of like a poor man's canner, except he's a better defender. You know, Ennis Canner's an offensive guy who at times plays defense, but it's not often. Um, but I think Zubak is basically a younger version of him. And then you get for two first-round picks, which are huge. I know they won't be great because the Lakers will be in championship mode, but they're still two first-round picks. I mean, remember, Isaiah Thomas was taken last. You know, Draymond Green was taken 35th. So, I, you know, you can take it with anyone. It's just all about, you know, scouting. Um, so we'll see what happens with Anthony Davis. I don't think he's going to get moved by the deadline. I think most of the deadline trades this week will be small trades. Um, there was a rumor out there actually today that uh, Toronto and Memphis tried to make a move where Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valanciunas were going to go to Memphis for Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. But unfortunately, the trade never got together. But if Toronto ended up getting Conley and Gasol... With Kawhi Leonard, that would have been really nice and a huge threat to Boston. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, the trade didn't go through, so it's not going to matter. Um, in terms of like little trade activity, you know, I th- I, maybe Blake Griffin gets moved. I mean, maybe that's a guy you might want to look out for. Andre Drummond maybe is a guy. Um, if I'm Washington, I'd like to move Bradley Beal. John Wall actually just ruptured his Achilles today. He's out for the whole season next year. You know, I think Bradley Beal's a guy you could certainly move um, and get some decent value for. Um, as for the Knicks, I mean, Ennis Canner, I, I really don't know what you're going to get from him because all he does is talk and he talks about some of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Like, oh, the, you know, David Fisdale's not treating me right. You know, I deserve better. Really? Cause you play zero defense and your efficient, the Knicks efficiency is actually better when you're off the floor. So I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you can be confident in your ability, but if you're really bad, I don't know what you're confident in. 
I mean, you are terrible on this channel. Let's face it. I mean, you have no trade market. The only team that was interested was Sacramento, and they were only willing to offer Zach Randolph, who hasn't even played in a game this year. I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, no playoff team is going to want a guy who just yells all the time. Oh, you know, coach, put me in. You know, I really want to play. Well, guess what, Ennis Cantor? You want to play? You want to win a championship? You got to play some defense. Okay, look at Golden State. They, they, yes, they are a great offensive team, but they won their championships on the defensive end of the floor. Everybody wins championships through defense. Just look at the Super Bowl even. Low-scoring game, the NFL was all about offense this year, and the final score was 13-3. to Ennis Canner at best, is a backup. I don't even know if he'd play on some of the championship teams. I really don't. You know who's the perfect team for him, actually? Is Houston, a team that plays absolutely zero defense. Now, Canner can't shoot, but he could do all the dirty work, get all the rebounds, and do everything. He could kind of be like what Robin Lopez was for Mike D'Antoni when he was in Phoenix. That's really what Ennis Canner is. He's an offensive rebounder who's the worst defensive player you will ever see on an NBA floor. Honestly, I think I'd rather have a stone wall than him. That's how bad it is. The guy just, all he talks about is himself, and it's brutal. He comes out and says, oh, David Fisdale never told me I wasn't going to play. Then all his teammates come out and say, nah, he told you. You're just lying to the media because you want to help your brand. It's okay. I mean, nobody likes Ennis Canner, apparently, except Porzingis, because Porzingis backed Ennis Canner. Well, what else is new? Porzingis backed another idiot. What a shocker. His brother comes in and says, oh, I don't want to play for the Knicks anymore because I deserve better. Really? You played in 55% of your games, and you've done absolutely nothing. What if you had two game-winning shots and you tore your ACL, sprained your ankle, had a sore shoulder and a sore hip and a sore ego? Congratulations. Congratulations. Now you're on a team with Luka Doncic, which is great. I have nothing against Luka Doncic. He's a great player. You know, you maybe you'll win a championship in about, I don't know, six years if you can stay healthy, which is unlikely at this point anyway. Excuse me, which is unlikely at this point. So... Honestly, Porzingis can take his ego and take his whole country of Latvia to Dallas. He can take the whole country. Because honestly, Porzingis is a diva. He learned from Carmelo Anthony. And as I mentioned before, when I shouted out Carmelo in the beginning, this is his fault. Okay, Porzingis learned from Carmelo Anthony. He learned all these tactics, how to be a diva, how to be, oh, it's all about me. I'm the best player in the franchise. And, you know, we're going to win a championship when I'm the number one guy. Guess what? The number one guy has to get on the court. You're not on the court, Porzingis. You're sitting there looking like a string bean and, you know, wearing all these, like, fancy suits with your shirt open. Nobody cares about all that. We want to see on the court averaging 25 points a game and 10 rebounds. But you're sitting there telling the Knicks, oh, I'm concerned about the fact that we've had four coaches in four years and we can't win. Well, we can't win because you're not out there. You know? I mean, the only way we're winning is we're out there and we're actually trying to win because we're tanking for Zion Williamson. We're trying to make, guess what? In the NBA nowadays, the only way to win is to lose. Look at Golden State. They lost. They drafted Curry, Thompson, and Green. They lost to get those guys. Look at the Lakers. In order for them to win, yes, they got LeBron James, but they had to draft Lonzo Ball. They drafted Brandon Ingram. They drafted Kyle Kuzma. They drafted Josh Hart. They drafted some of those players to get to this point. Look at Utah. They were bad. They drafted Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So, I mean, there's all these teams. Even Sacramento, the dysfunctional franchise for the last 20 years. Who they take? Darren Fox, great player. Traded for Buddy Heald, great move. Traded for Bogdanovich, great move. Drafted Bagley, he's looked good too. And they drafted Kali Stein. So, you know, the only way to win in the NBA is to tank for a draft pick now. Or sign a big free agent. That's the only two ways you can do it. You know, it's very rare that Anthony Davis, like a player of that caliber, gets on the market. But what Porzingis needs to understand is we're not winning because he was not on the floor. 
He wasn't there. He played in 55% of his games. He's not playing in a game this year. And it's a big risk for Dallas. Because what if next year Dallas has a bad year? What if they're bad? What if they win 26 games, 27 games? Porzingis loses again. Then what happens? He goes to unrestricted free agency. If he signs his qualifying offer, just, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to a winning organization. I'm going to go to San Antonio. I'm going to go to Oklahoma City. You know, maybe I'll consider LeBron James and the Lakers. And then what if the Knicks get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Oh, gee, let me go back to the Knicks. Let me see if, oh, wait, I can't go back there because my brother ruined it for me because my brother told him I didn't want to play for them anymore. And I love these, like, these, these Instagram stories and these tweets from Porzingis saying, oh, you know, stay woke. You know, the city should stay woke and listen, you know, to me and whatever. Bottom line is he honestly, he is the biggest baby I've ever seen on a basketball court, at least from what I can tell. And I know I sound like a sour Knicks fan because I am. Um, but the bottom line is he, he is just an injury-prone seven-footer with a ton of talent that's never – it could work out and good for him if it does. But I just – I don't know. Injuries are scary. It's a scary thing when a guy's seven-foot-three – has those kinds of issues. And, you know, actually, I wanted to bring this up. I just found that in this Porzingis' press conference with Dallas, Rick Carlisle comes out in a press conference and says, I want to take time to recognize Chris Stapps' brother Giannis and call him part of, quote, our team. Oh, now that's a real shot at the Knicks. I mean, that just really takes it to the heart. That's the best you could do, Dallas, really? You come out and you say, oh, he's a part of our team. Give me a break. And guess what? When the Knicks get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and you guys are in 12th place in the West and we're winning the NBA Finals, come cry me a river. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, it is, as Stephen A. Smith would say, it's S and 9, S and 10, S and 11, S and 12. I mean, that's just the way it goes. You know, and this guy is just a freaking diva, just like the rest of them. You know, it's amazing. It's really hard to find an NBA player who actually cares about the city and the team they play for. Now it's all about themselves and their brand and their marketing and their money. I mean, I get it. Like, you have to look out for yourself. You know, there's times where you have to, but you got to want to win. I mean, I listen, I like, so here's the quote I was looking for. It says, this was from Porzingis' Instagram story. He says, quote, the city deserves better than that. My suggestion for Knicks fans is to stay woke. Peace. You know what he sounds like, Porzingis? He sounds like, like your ex-girlfriend who like initiated a breakup but didn't think that you know, his bluff would be called. You know, I mean, he, he's so bitter. You know, he's going to say, oh, well, I never really requested a trade. I was just concerned about the direction of the franchise, but I still wanted to be here. Really? Because your brother went in and said something different. So who's right and who's wrong? You know, and Porzingis will have a be-all, tell-all interview with Rachel Nichols, I'm sure, on the jump. And, you know, he'll bash the Knicks and whatever. And guess what the Knicks are going to say? Who cares? We have Kevin Durant. We have Kyrie Irving. We might win a championship in 2019 if we get the players. And... You're going to be maybe in the eighth seed in the West and lose in the first round. Oh, wait, and you won't even be healthy because you can't freaking stay healthy because you can't play on the court. And Knicks fans will just laugh at you every single day. His first game back at the Garden, he's going to be booed so loud, probably louder than any player I've ever heard. I mean, I've heard Joe Kim Noah the other night. I heard, I remember when Eddie Curry uh, played a game against them and he got booed. You know, guys like that. But this guy is going to get booed loudly. 
loudly. I mean, it's, it's going to be real, real loud. But, um, but anyway, that's going to wrap up um, this edition of Straight Up Sports, the podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe and listen on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, that's Apple Podcasts. Uh, you download the Apple Podcasts app, search Straight Up Sports, the podcast. It'll come up. Um, every episode is there from the beginning till now. Um, my Instagram is at Shafenbake. Twitter is at Shafenbake as well. Um, uh, my next episode, I'm going to be talking about Champions League soccer, which is coming up uh, in a few days. Obviously, it's it's a big time of year for for those soccer fans, and I'm going to try to give as much insight to it as I can. I am not the best expert at it, but I'll see what I can do. Um, so anyway, for uh, for this edition of Straight Up Sports, I'm Andrew Schaefer, and this is Straight Up Sports.